You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. This week, we're discussing Gareth Edwards' 2014 reboot, Godzilla. They're coming to get you, Barbara. We're on a mission from God. I'll buy that for a dollar! Welcome to the party, pal! Oh, I'm sorry, did I break your concentration? Man's got to know his limitations. And they mostly come at night. Mostly. Let's put a smile on that face. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. It smells like... Victory. This sort of thing has cropped up before. And it has always been due to human error. All right, so back after a hiatus. Yeah, we were away for a little bit. What are you going to do? We're not getting paid here. Nah, and we kind of have our own movie to make. Oh, I guess we should start this motherfucker off uh, proper. Uh, welcome to the podcast. I'm Brian. This is Mr. Jeremy Benson. Jeremy, say something so they know it's you. I said something earlier. I was the one that said, hey, we were back from a hiatus. That was me. Well, come on, man. This is like our, our shtick here. Come on, man. We got. I know. Our shtick is that you tell me to say something, and then I give you a hard time about it. Uh, mm, touche, sir. Touche. The four people that listen to our podcast will be like, that is their shtick. Yeah. Okay, so we're talking, <laughs> I guess the whole reason we're here tonight, we're discussing Godzilla. Yeah. We wanted to go back and discuss a movie that was released last year. No real reason, other than... Other than we haven't really talked about it, and we weren't doing this... Well, we've talked about it, but we haven't talked about it for your entertainment. And and it's a movie Brian really, really liked. Yeah, I'm a little bit of a Godzilla fan. I like the movie, too. I, I, I Actually, I chose this podcast for the reason that I wanted to see the movie again. So I knew <laughs> I knew it was a good way to watch the movie. Plus, like I had I had noticed that there there were some negative reviews online. I don't really get that, so I suggested we do this. I think we could go ahead and rate this S for spoilers. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll, we're, I think we should go through we'll go through scene by scene. I will address some things that people had some problems with, and you know some things that we noticed. But uh, I mean, overall. Don't understand how you really could hate this film going into knowing that it's a Godzilla movie, you know? I mean, yeah, it's not... It's a giant monster it's, film. It's not like the Roland Emmerich one. I'm not a fan of that film. I have a story to tell you about that movie that I completely forgot until I was talking to my dad yesterday. And he just brought it up randomly. Like, I didn't ask him or anything. It's not like I was like, hey, dad, tell me about our viewing experiences with Godzilla because we're going to do a podcast. He just was talking, and he was. He said the last movie that we went to the drive-in to see as a family was Godzilla. It was right before the drive-in, and there used to be a drive-in in Millington. Wow, so you're telling me Godzilla was so bad, your family was like, we are no longer going to the drive-in. <laughs> he said it's the only movie that he ever took me to that I fell asleep in the car while the movie was playing. I don't think it's a terrible, terrible, terrible movie. In terms of being like I, boring, see, I don't remember it. I looked it up on YouTube today and sent you the video of the every scene of Roland Emmerich's Godzilla movie that contains Godzilla video, which is like ten minutes, right? Because people are complaining about in this reboot that Godzilla is not in the film enough, right? I, I don't understand that complaint. I don't either. I, I didn't do a minute tally, but well, there is one on YouTube. I don't know how accurate it is, but I saw a video on YouTube that said every scene. 
from 2014 Godzilla containing Godzilla. And it was seven minutes and 30 seconds. Oh, okay. So there is a three-minute discrepancy. So the 98 has three more minutes of Godzilla. If According you can... to the YouTube videos. All right. If It if you... seems to me like Godzilla was in Godzilla more than seven minutes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess if you're going like actual shot, it's some you know, he's got a lot of presence. I mean, they're... Every, see, I like that, though. Always one of the things I really like about Gareth Edwards' Godzilla is that it creates a mystique of Godzilla before you even get to see him. Like, you're teased so much that when you finally get the payoff, like, you're just excited you're getting the payoff. Oh, and what a payoff it is, brother. What a payoff. It's one of those things like it feels like if they'd have if they'd have blown their load early and not cut away from stuff, the movie would have gotten stale. It kinda happened for me a little bit in Pacific Rim, like after that Hong Kong sequence in that movie. Yeah. Like after the end that, battle was kind of like, well, it's not as good. I think they did a really good job in Godzilla of just making you wait, making you wait, making you wait. While in my opinion, and according to the internet, a lot of people will disagree, while giving a story that was compelling enough to make you keep watching. And one of the things that I liked about it most was the set pieces. Like, these were some really cool set pieces. The two bridge scenes are... Hawaii is amazing. Oh, dude, the Hawaii sequence is so good. Dude, that's like Jurassic Park on steroids. It is. It just keeps going. It's just like it keeps teasing and teasing and teasing and teasing. Well, it starts and with that. It starts with the with the. They find the the sub the submarine the nuclear sub out. Yeah, there. and then the you get the the overhead shot of the moto, and then you find out Godzilla's coming, and it's just kept building and building. And I was like, oh, this is great. Yeah, it makes me kind of wish I'd have seen this movie as like a a ten year old kid. I don't know. I I needed this movie right now in my life. <laughs> I felt like all my other franchises were were you know picking up. Like you know we had a good we had a good Batman movie. We had The Dark Knight, really like one of the best you know Batman films ever. I think uh, we can all agree on that. And then we well, had, you and I will agree on that. Like I think it's pretty much up there. It's like number four on IMDb's like all time greatest movies list. So. A lot of people like that. And then there's uh, Skyfall, you know, that came out in the Bond franchise. That was great. And then Godzilla was released. It was just like, oh, my God, man, finally. Like, there has not been even a Japanese Godzilla movie made since uh, 2004, you know. And we didn't have that. We only had that one other uh, American one. That would be the 1998 Roland Emmerich. Yes. Matthew Broderick and... Jean Renault, what the hell was that guy doing in that movie, man? I don't know, but he owed somebody a favor. I, I like I said, I don't remember that movie, so I'm not a hundred percent what's going on. But I did look up some YouTube videos on it today, and the honest trailer for Godzilla '98 is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> I guess my biggest problem with that is that it doesn't look like Godzilla. No, it doesn't. It doesn't act like Godzilla. Uh, the monster doesn't breathe fire. I, I, see, I was confused on that because in the um, in one of the videos I sent you that they showed that it, it did this breath thing. You didn't see the blue fire. Oh no like, no no! Like no, no, cars no. caught on fire. Yeah yeah. If you watch it, it's like um, it's it, like it breathes, and when it breathes, like the t- there's like a car or something that flips over, and its gas kink explodes oh. and. 
that's how I guess they did like a little homage to the original Godzilla, which it's like, oh, fuck you, man. Seriously? Like, that's what you're going to give me? See, that, that really confuses me. Like, why would you... <sighs> Why would you go out to make a movie based on a character or a... I guess Godzilla's a character. Yeah, he's um, a character for sure. I mean, this would be the equivalent of, like, we're going to make a Superman movie, but he's not going to look like Superman and he's not going to have his superpowers. Hey, we're going to make a Superman movie, but uh, he cannot fucking fly. Right. What? It's the Kevin Smith story of... What? Well, what's he going to do? Is he just going to run fast? Yes. He's going to be realistic. It's a gritty reboot, dude. Come on, it's all and, the rage. And get rid of those, like, blue tights. No cape. Put him in a put him in a suit and give him a gun. Like, I, yeah, I don't understand the idea behind what Emmerich and company did with their Godzilla movie. Why don't you just call it Giant Monster or whatever? Because they got hired by the studio to make a movie called Godzilla. Because Sony went through and bought all the rights. Because originally it was supposed to be um, Jan DeBont or John DeBont, whatever, whatever the guy, the director of Speed and Twister. After he did Speed, he was actually going to uh, direct Godzilla. Mm. There's actually a really good article. I think it was on Sci-Fi Japan. Um, may need to double check that. And it's a detailed history of everybody that was involved, like painstaking recreation of interviews and all these articles collected. Um, you should definitely go read that if you want the whole full story on the, on that. But, uh, yeah, he left and then that kind of fell apart and then they still need, needed to make this big movie. And of course here comes Roland Emmerich hot off of Independence Day, which was a box office smash. Just nobody saw that movie making that much money. Yeah. They gave him some money and he made Godzilla. And I don't think he made the prequel to Cloverfield. We're not really sure. Yeah. Well, don't disrespect Cloverfield, man. Come on, dude. That's just a prequel. That's just that's. But that's hate, dude. That's such hate. That's such hate for Cloverfield. I I can't let that go. I really enjoy that movie. Two thousand four, Godzilla came out. I mean, two thousand fourteen. Man, I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, it wasn't until recently that you know, just kind of browsing around on the internet, found a lot of people that were displeased with it. And what is it? People just don't know how to have fun at a movie anymore. I don't What's wrong know. with you people? If you make a, a movie that has too much Godzilla that's destroying things, and people are like, well, man, it's just stupid. It's just a monster destroying things. And when you make a movie and you try to focus a little bit on the characters, then they're like, well, the character stuff just sucks and it gets in the way of Godzilla. It's like, well, I'm kind of... Uh, yeah, I thought they did a good job. I mean, it's not... What what did we say? It's not supposed to be Schindler's List? Um, well, yeah, no, it's definitely not Schindler's List. I you you know it's a it's a monster movie. You have you have a certain amount of time to get across who these characters are and what their reason for being here is and what their lives are. So yeah, it's going to be a little cliche. You don't have time to develop intricate, detailed characters if you want to get back to why the monsters exist and how they're going to fight. I always find it weird the movies that people get behind too. In terms of the monster movies that they like, and then the ones that they think are just really stupid, they all kind of have the same 
fucking plot. There's not a lot of things that change. It doesn't vary much, does it? No, it does not. No, it's pretty much just like, here go some people, they show up, they're going to get stranded somehow, and then someone's going to come eat them. That's what happens. monster comes from outer space or from the deep, heads to said city, said army guy has to protect said family and join up with his troop to come up with some way to stop said monster from destroying said city. Which would be Godzilla. Yes. And most of the movies from the 50s. Yeah, a lot of movies from them. Yeah, like, yeah, that's kind of tarantula. Yeah? Yeah. Them. That was what I was excited. Them. The 2014 Godzilla was a big budget, big special effects, 1950s monster movie. I thought the movie was really smart. In terms of, like, how it was shot, I thought it was something... Oh, it was shot great. I thought, yeah, that was something different. It wasn't the same old, like, monster movie. It wasn't... Like it, a lot of work and and a lot yeah, of fault. It was, it was a big budget was put into it. Yeah, I right, love to like, pass it off like it's a stupid movie. It's just I don't know. I don't think you're giving the movie. It's I'm not saying it's a stupid movie. No, I'm not saying you are. I'm just saying you know people out there that are complaining about. I'm I'm saying that the people that are complaining are missing the point of what the movie is. It's not a drama. It's a it's a movie about giant monsters. Right. Let them fight. Let them fight, please. Let them fight. <laughs> that is great. What? Uh, what is? What is that from? For that? Uh, that. It's the. It's the hizzy. The how it should have ended. Yes, how it should have ended. All right, let me, let me fill you in. Um, if you haven't ever gone onto YouTube and watched the how it should have ended cartoons, please do. Probably some of the funniest things on the internet. It'll make you laugh. And for the Godzilla one, they have the, the the, the Japanese character. Who his only line is constantly, let them fight. And when the general finally just says, you just want to watch two monsters fight. He just looks at him and says, let them fight, please. <laughs> let them fight. He starts breaking down crying. It is hilarious. Tear. We'll link it when we, when, we do, when we post this. Remember I said that. Ah, uh, look at that. Vincent just Gave committing him to, to something do. on the fly. We're going to totally forget. They're going to be like, where the fuck is our link? Well, maybe they will get some email. Ah, well, you know what? I didn't even check before the show to see if we even had emails. <laughs> I'm just a, I'm terrible. Not producing shit well at all today. I went and saw the movie with Rusty, a friend of ours that died last year. Um, <laughs> well, that's Subtle, true. Subtle, subtle, Vincent. You just, like, friend of ours died last year. You know, um, so anyway. Uh, but that was the one thing that we were talking about leaving the theaters. Like, we enjoyed that movie. It was like... A big budget, well done, nineteen fifties style monster movie. It was, it was exactly what we wanted the movie to be from the very get go. With the mythology around the nuclear testing is not really nuclear testing. They were trying to kill Godzilla. Yeah, I don't really know. I, I'm I'm just trying to. What you would I'm, want. I'm trying to figure out where the complaint is. I don't know, man. Apparently, there's not enough Godzilla. I think a lot of people got really pissed off that Brian Cranston died too. I think that made a lot of people mad because he was, you know, he was kind of billed as the star of the film. I was kind of expecting that to happen. Yeah, it didn't surprise me. Yeah, it didn't really, like, well, it surprised me when it did happen. I was like, oh, damn, they really did do that. Wow, that's ballsy. All right, cool, cool. I guess most of people's complaints with this film, like, especially, like, logic complaints, they don't ever take me out of the film. Well, the movie is not about logical events. 
I mean, I, just like we were watching it tonight. It's like you're fucking watching a movie, man. This is you know, not real she, life. She gets the phone call at the emergency room in just the moment where she's pulling the the stretcher in from the emergency bay, and the lady turns around and goes, "Hey, telephone." Very coincidental blocking there, but yeah, she didn't have to get paged or anything. But it's 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 not going to take you out of the movie. I mean, it's it's a movie. No. It's not a documentary about what really happened when giant monsters attack San Francisco. Yeah, I don't understand that. Like people don't don't people know they're watching movies like when people watch sex scenes in films, they're not going home having sex like that, I hope. Really hope not. Yeah, it's just like, oh yeah, and it's like, oh look at all this sensual love making in these really terribly awkward positions that look great on camera but are really uncomfortable Let's in real sure life. Make sure the sheet is kept above our hips. <laughs> the whole thing that I think is really hilarious about all this, though, is that people complain. They'll complain about physics of stuff, and the the idea that Godzilla Godzilla could physically not exist. It's impossible. Like the the very being of him, like, I think there was a Popular Mechanics article, or maybe it was Wired, it was some magazine, they were like, this is how Godzilla could definitely never exist in the real world. Just the amount of fuel that it would take to move him. There's no way he could ever eat enough food! Well, he's nuclear. Well, yeah. Remember, he's he's feeding off the... (laughs) I mean, come on, people! He's feeding off the core of the Earth to get his radiation... We're we're already talking about you know the American versions of Godzilla. What's the like? Do you have you watched any of the old Japanese oh, Godzilla yeah. movies? Oh, yeah. Like, what do you, what's your experience with the character and all that stuff? I mean, like, my dad was a big sci sci fi monster movie guy, so anytime got a Godzilla movie was on, we were watching it. And I don't remember them all, but yeah, I remember watching the old black and white one. Um, I remember being really confused watching one version as, like, a kid, and it had a bunch of, like, news clips, and then I watched it again, and those news clips were gone. Oh, well, yeah, there's different versions yeah. of the, uh, the film, like, the Japanese and the American. I remember being really excited on Creature Feature one night. It was a, Creature Feature was a local thing that came on at midnight on Friday night, and it was usually a horror film, but... This week, it was going to be Godzilla versus King Kong. Oh, that's a great one, man. And I was like, holy shit, this is going to be awesome. But then I started thinking about it, and I was like, well, Godzilla's going to be like, King Kong's going to come up to, like, his ankle. This is going to be worth a shit. And then, turns out, King Kong was a lot bigger in that movie than than he was in the original. And then, yeah. then I learned that King Kong got power from electricity, which I didn't know. Okay, well, there's actually an interesting story. I don't know if you know this. No, I don't. I can already <laughs> tell you I don't. But that's because uh, that was actually supposed to be Frankenstein. Frankenstein's monster. They were going to do a giant Frankenstein, which they later did. Toho, the company that did the Japanese uh, Godzilla films, they actually later did a, a Frankenstein film called uh, Frankenstein Conquers the World, <laughs> where he fights a giant monster called uh, Baragon. And uh, it's a giant Frankenstein. Yeah. So that's what this th- this was originally going to be. And um, Godzilla versus Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Well, I don't think it was originally supposed to be Godzilla. Oh. Yeah. You know, those movies were made in such a fast studio system. Like, you know, those special effects. Those guys built all those mo- uh, models and those miniatures, you know. Right. Mothra versus Godzilla and Ghidra the Three-Headed Monster. Both those movies came out the same fucking year. 
And those are huge special effects movies. Like when those were made, those those would one, compete with American effects. What was the one with uh, Godzilla versus the robot Godzilla? Oh, it's Godzilla versus Mega Godzilla. Yeah, I think I've seen that one probably the most. Gojira time, Mega Gojira. That and Mothra. That one seemed to come on a lot. Oh yeah, Mothra versus Godzilla, or Godzilla versus the Thing. Yeah, I I actually cannot remember life without Godzilla. I remember my mom, my dad, and Godzilla. <laughs> um, first time, like the first like theater memory I, I ever have is of Godzilla 1985. I was three years old. Godzilla dies at the end of the movie. The only thing I really remember is I remember crying now, because was that it was an so American? sad. Uh, well, that was actually. It was an anniversary film, kind of like for the original Godzilla. Right. The original Godzilla was uh, made in, you know, it was made in Japan. And then when American distributors bought it, they took it and recut it. Because Godzilla in the Japanese version is a metaphor for the nuclear bomb. The right. Nuke. So obviously, you know, if you're going to release it in America, you'd be proud, you know, you want to cut that out, right? I mean, you know, you don't want to... You don't want to talk about us blowing up a country. Yeah, that's not cool, you know? So they cut that out and just made it a stupid monster movie, and they shot some, like, extra scenes. Um, when I say extra scenes, they added a whole new character and changed a lot of the plot uh, with Raymond Raymond Burr. He's a news guy, right? Yeah, plays his character named Steve Martin. But, uh, so yeah, that's what happened. And then when they did this... This one in Japan, they wanted to relaunch the franchise, and they called it The Return of Godzilla. And again, I think it was Roger Corman's uh, like New World Company came in, bought it. They actually recut the film to make the Russians look like they're evil, bad guys. When you watch the Japanese one, they're, they're actually not. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, and they, they added Raymond Burr again to like just be in America behind a... It's like really terrible product placement because there is a lit Dr. Pepper vending machine with a giant Dr. Pepper. Like just it's just constant shining light source behind Raymond Burr. It's just like wow, that's subtle, guys. Yeah, it was it was that kind of film, but uh, Godzilla ends up dying. He falls in a volcano at the end. Spoiler. Yeah, cried at the end. I, yeah, Godzilla is just huge. I own a bunch of the toys. Got a giant two foot Godzilla right over here, right beside me. Um, got a bunch of the posters. It's yeah, it's just one of one of my favorite franchises of all time. We we both have that same sort of feeling. We you know we've watched all these Godzilla movies, so going into the 2014 movie, it gave us what we wanted. And Godzilla looked like Godzilla, right? And he did Godzilla things. He sounded like Godzilla. Yeah, he was the king of all monsters. He was the guy that fought fought for the Earth and won. Dude, that's that shot where he grabs that monster and like vomits fire down its throat. Oh, at the end, yeah, that's amazing. That always got a really great uh, reaction from people. So yeah, it just goes back to like I don't, you know, maybe people didn't watch other Godzilla movies before they went into Godzilla and they were expecting something. Yeah, a little I, bit more highbrow. Yeah, I, I get a little pissy when people make fun of the the Japanese Godzilla movies. If you look at what they're doing, I mean, like, yeah, it's easy to make fun of now, but whatever, dude, in another another 20 years, people are probably going to be laughing at Jurassic Park, and, I mean, people are already laughing at the Terminator right now, you Fuck know? Them. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I'm, I, just, I, I'm just 
effing everybody <laughs> yeah and when i when i went to go see the exorcist in the theater when that was really when was that re-released like two thousand it had to be like 2002 2003 sometimes around that no maybe somewhere 2000. maybe 2006 maybe no it was like 2002 when they did that somewhere first director's cut there. but yeah when they released that there were some fucking punk ass teenagers in the fucking theater laughing at the linda blair's you know masturbatorial crucifix scene yeah i mean i at the same time i i Making a movie is really hard. It's not easy. Yeah. Uh, it's not easy now. Think how not easy it was right. back in the 60s. Like, I don't or care that how much. And I know that you know, you have some people go, well, if you've got millions, 150 million. No, I don't care how much money you have. Making a movie is not easy. And what they accomplished with these Godzilla movies in Japan is amazing. Uh, yeah, they look a little dated sometimes, but fuck, when I was a kid, you couldn't have told me that was a guy in a suit and that was a miniature city. There are some, like Godzilla vs. Megalon, maybe 40% of the movie is stock footage from other Godzilla movies, but you know what? It was, look, attendance was dropping, alright? They didn't have a lot of money. They only had, like, they had, like, you know, however million yen they had. And I didn't which say is, all of them were masterpieces. Yeah, there were some that but were bad. I am defending your point here. Stop arguing with me. I know. I'm just well, I'm not arguing with you. I'm just like I do want to clarify that I'm not saying that all of them were great. But I, I, I do like all the monster costumes and like every I don't think there's a single Daikaiju I dislike. No, I'm cool with all of them. You know what? Let's let's play it. We'll we'll play a trailer, take a break, and we'll come back. Maybe we'll even play the hizzy. The arrogance of man is thinking nature is in their control, and not the other way around. Let them fight. Are you sure there's nothing we can do? Let them fight. Maybe nuke the creatures before they reach a major city. Let them fight. Maybe power down the facilities these monsters feed off of. Let them fight. You just want to see giant monsters fight, don't you? I want to talk to somebody in charge. You are not fooling anybody when you say that what happened was a natural disaster. You're lying. It was not an earthquake. It wasn't a typhoon. Because what's really happening is that you're hiding something out there. Stone Age. This movie was directed by Gareth Edwards, who has really, before this film, and even now, has only directed one other movie, Monsters, which was a really low-budget um, indie film that came out and did uh, did all right. So I guess Hollywood was like, hey, you know what? We'll get the guy that made Monsters about giant monsters. We'll get him to direct Godzilla. And yes, that is exactly how Hollywood thinks. Yeah. Well, hey, man, he, he got the opportunity. And I thought he did a and great job. Way to go, Gareth. Yeah, yeah, dude. I brought him up right away because the first scene, the way this movie like just 
starts. After we get through that awesome opening t- uh, title sequence where we get a little bit of the history and we get right, clips right. shown with the music, we go straight from that and we start invoking... The classified credits. Yeah, yeah, the classified credits are awesome. They're very blacked out and all that. Oh, dude, that, all that stuff is cool. If you're a nerd, you can go through and pause those before they're blacked out and they're actual like Godzilla documents. It'll be like the creature's this long and they'll actually use the person's name somehow in the... It's pretty cool. Pause them. Anyway, um, but yeah, so the fil- the film starts after that. And, and I take it that Brian has paused and read. Yeah, I've paused and read them all. Yeah, yeah, that's the first thing I did when I got the Blu-ray, man. Come on, dude. You you never did that? Yeah, we did it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, say, oh, look. Me and the kids did it. Yeah, right? You wanted to know what they said. I was interested. After this awesome opening credit sequence happens... We get we go to the Jurassic Park shot. We do, yes. Immediately starts invoking some Spielberg vibes. Just from the helicopter alone. Yeah, I thought this movie the shot. very much had a very Spielbergy vibe to it. I think Mr. Edwards probably watched some Spielberg movies to get some inspiration. Oh yeah, he well he was an effects guy. I think a lot of effects dudes really respect Spielberg. They better. Well, he knows how to shoot effects stuff, man. You know, like Spielberg is awesome. It's also Jaws's 40th anniversary. I got we talked about Jaws earlier. I guess we should. At least mention it's its 40th, so happy birthday, Jaws. Happy birthday to you. We're going to need a bigger cake. <laughs> yep, we are now officially dorks. Jaws is actually a way better movie than this movie, but... It doesn't... You know. There's not often it gets better than Jaws. Yeah, Jaws is an exceptional monster movie. It's actually, like, usually put out of the monster movie category... And people like to call it a thriller because it's so good. Or an, I've heard it's action movie. Action movie. Yeah, I've heard it's it's action. It's a thriller. I could see adventure, maybe, but adventure. action. Wow. All right. People I, will adamantly adamantly fight me that it's not a horror film. Like fuck you, it's a horror movie. Right away, the helicopter lands. This helicopter from Jurassic Park. Right. <laughs> Uh, Dr. Sarazawa gets out, played by Ken Watanabe, or I hope I'm not butchering your name, sir. But, uh, so he gets out, and there's a giant hole. And they go in the giant hole. And then something made another giant hole to leave. You, you find a giant hole, you have to go in the giant hole. They find that there's a monster in this giant cave. It got out, but what, the one thing I really liked here was there's a skeleton, and they keep asking if it's him, and they're, of course they're referring to Godzilla, but he's like, no. This is older. I wonder if that's going to come up in the sequel. I wonder uh, if it's a, like a... I kept thinking it was like a, like a skeleton of Mothra, or like maybe some of King Ghidra's neck. I don't know, I'm just spitballing here. But it's, it's long, it's snake looking. I love the, the next shot, when the, it goes to the aerial, and it shows the path the, the creature has made toward the ocean. That is cool, because you can actually see some of the footprints. And then it goes from the ocean and into Japan. You got to go to Japan. You ha- yeah, you kind of do have to go to Japan. That is important because it's where so, Godzilla's from. So we end up in Japan on a mil- on a uh, nuclear facility. Oh well, actually, we start with uh, Brian Cranston's house with his wife. You, we meet Brian Cranston, total family man. He's got his kid. He's got his wife. What would you call him, a family man though? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's having some problems at work, but I would say he's a family man. Because he seems like he's kind of forgetting to, you know, his... Oh, yeah, you're right. Well, I don't know. He seems a little distracted. Not that he doesn't love his family, but he's definitely more of a career-oriented guy than kid-oriented guy. 
His mm. wife's having to remind him, you need to hang out with your kid tonight. It's your birthday. He made you a sign. Because I, I, I kind of... Yeah, that's I, true. I, maybe I'm taking too much from this plotless, storyless movie. But... <laughs> We're better. <laughs> I saw the resemblance in Ford later. He's grown up and is, uh, he's in the military. He's constantly having to leave to go do his job, but he wants to be home, where you kind of get the sense that Dad doesn't even realize that he's neglecting family for his job. Oh, that's true. And then Valid Ford, Ford you know, Ford's kind of critical of him later when they reunite, but at the same time, Ford's doing the exact same thing. He'd just been gone for a few months, and his kid's like, are you going to be here tomorrow when I wake up? Yeah, buddy. Phone rings. He's on an airplane to Japan to get his dad out of jail. In essence, Ford has become his father. He doesn't even realize it. Yeah, but he actually makes efforts, though, to try to get home. He just keeps getting roped in. Right, that's what I'm saying. Is that he, But he, Brian Cranston's character is, like, actively... Would rather go to work. Yeah, he's kind of, it's, it's, I see what you're saying, but like. Like, Ford is aware of that he needs to be spending time with his kid. Oh, okay, I see what you're but saying. But now he is like. So they both have the he, same problem. Yeah, he, they have the same One's problem, aware. but but Ford is being, he is being forced to see that sometimes work gets in the way of being home, where he's always kind of held that against his dad. The wife, she dies. He sends her down there. She dies in this nuclear explosion. It's sort of a cheesy but heart-wrenching scene when he does the and slams onto the close of the door. Okay, that's that's a little cheesy. Definitely ripped right out of like 1958. Yeah, that is a little cheesy. But man, dude, when he gets broken up at the end, dude, and his wife comes to the door and they're looking at each other through the glass. Oh, that would be hard. I remember watching it in the theater and trying to. We didn't make it. And trying to imagine what it would be like to be her. It's hard enough to imagine what it would be like to be him watching her die, but to be her, like, in there, knowing you're gonna die. This is it, and you're looking at your husband through this glass. For like two seconds. And it's like, I'm gonna die. I'm, you have to go home and take care of the kid now, because I'm gonna die. It's my. I, it's over. It's the end of the road. And then, it, then there's that cool shot where it goes to Ford at school. They're yeah, being evacuated, and it gets that sense of like, you see what's to come with you know the evacuations and the, the paranoia of the nuclear factory that could be melting down. Yeah, you get some little, uh, get some little origami birds hidden in frame. Yeah, little, uh, little foreshadowing. Oh, and there's a little poster too in a board's room, a little boy's room. The camera kind of pauses on it for a second. If you look at it, there's like a flying monster on it. And they look very similar to the Muto's creatures. And what was, uh, what's his goldfish name? Well, I don't know if it was a goldfish, but... Well, it was an his, aquarium. Yeah, an aquarium, and it says uh, Dad's Mothra. Yeah, there, there's little, you know, there's little... There's a little homage to, to people paying attention. Yeah, there's nice little moments like that. You get that scene, and, and then it just cuts to, I think, 15, it was 15 years later. And Ford is in the army, and he's away. He's a bomb disposal, uh, which is like dude. The, he is. Yeah, he's the bomb disposal guy. Because later on, we're gonna need a bomb expert in the movie. Yeah, so Ford might as well be a bomb expert. All right, look, we brought up this, this is guy. plotting. This is, the, ladies and gentlemen, this is called plotting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's just like the first ten minutes of the film. We're talking about Ford. Now, this guy's 
older 15 years later Ford is played by uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. What do you what do you think of this actor in this role? He's not Sam Neill in Jurassic Park. Yeah, touche. But he does not take away from the movie. I think his performance is fine. It's 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 fine. It's it's very adequate. Personally, I think um Olsen acts circles around him in this movie and anybody can disagree with me if they want to, but I thought she played working housewife mom great. Yeah, Elizabeth Olsen, who is one of the Olsen twi- uh, sisters. She's their younger, younger sister. Yeah, yeah, the Olsen twins' younger sister. Hotter younger sister. She plays uh, Ford's wife. I will say I think he's the weakest member of the cast. He's not as good as as everyone else, but... He's just sort of there. He's not really given a lot to do, though. Right. Because he's a bomb tech. But he doesn't even I mean, get he, to he, hey, disarm he, the bomb. He has his moments. He has his moments where he shines. The the yeah, he does. The scene with the little Japanese, uh, the little Hawaiian kid. His his performance with that kid is good. A lot of people bring up in that scene with the uh, the Hawaiian boy when the parents get separated. That scene ends with them in peril, and you never see them get like they are literally left at the end of that scene dangling off the edge of a cliff. And the next time we see them again, they're just walking on a road. Well, yeah, they were saved. <laughs> a lot of people had a lot of uh, huge issues with that. Like, I saw so many complaints about that section of the film. Well, there was obviously a rescue effort going on. Military was around, helicopters. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about a completely different movie for a second. All right. There's a movie called The Dark Knight Rises. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it. No. What is that about? It's it's a movie about a guy no, I'm just named, kidding. named Batman. And in this movie, it's the third movie in a trilogy. Now, during the course of this trilogy, we have learned that this character of Batman, who is also an alter ego of Bruce Wayne, well, he's, he's sort of smart. He sort of figures out how to do stuff. This character of Bruce Wayne, who can also be Batman when he wears his Batman pajamas, he gets put into a prison... In a completely different country. He breaks out of this prison by figuring out how to get out of this giant hole. Cuts from Mr. Wayne being outside of the giant hole and all the people cheering that he got out to him being back in Gotham City, which has been... this Gotham City is the town that he's from. It's a quaint little place. And it's been taken over by a warlord named Bane. Wait... How did Bruce Wayne get there? Well, see, I don't give a shit. (laughs) Did he swim there? Because Bruce Wayne is Batman, and we have learned over the course of three movies that Batman can get things done. It's not important to the plot. And it would be really, really boring to watch. (laughs) God, that would be so boring. Can you just imagine, like, Bruce Wayne just sitting on a plane, just being like, yeah. Hey, uh, so, uh, flight attendant, what movies do you have? Oh, yeah, so so maybe he hitchhiked back, and then he took a little John boat across the stupid river, and then he hid behind a, a train cargo thing. Who knows? He's Batman. The important thing is, is that Batman is back in the city, and now the city has hope that they can get out of this peril they're in. This is the same situation. Little Hawaiian dude... And our army guy is hanging from the edge of a broken subway car. The army is there. Godzilla and them are about to fight. We cut to the United States. His kid's watching. 
And then the next day, the sun is out, there's debris everywhere, the, the authorities are trying to put people back together, and our army guy is walking with said Hawaiian kid. That yeah. is enough information to let the audience know they did not die on the goddamn subway car. But see, look, dude, it's really convenient, man, because then his parents just show up, see? Yes, it's convenient. <sighs> it's pretty convenient that the shark in Jaws follows the fucking boat. And the shark in Jaws 4 followed a person all the way down to <laughs> I don't think we should ever use Jaws 4 to make our points that, that something is good. But <laughs> ah, I mean, there's I a lot of convenient stuff that happens in movies. Like, who wants to watch a 35-minute segment of this guy like taking the kid to the authorities? Now he doesn't want to leave the kid with the authorities. Now the kid has to go and be in this little nursing like uh, foster home for a couple of weeks. It's basically a gym with a bunch of like refugee kids shoved in it, and they can't eat, and they're being. He's an orphan for like a week, and then finally his parent. Who gives a shit? It's much more happy to see his parents find the kid. Ah, that just that just drives me nuts when people <laughs> nitpick over the dumbest shit. You know, hey, this movie's not for everybody. No, if you don't like giant monsters, I wouldn't if, watch this. If you don't like <laughs> giant monster movies, then don't watch it. If you only yeah. like Oscar-winning dramas, then this is not for you. Oh, I really like that Juliette Bonish and that uh, English patient. Let me give this Godzilla movie a go. <laughs> Probably not going to end up well, guys. It's I really just... like the realism in... <sighs> Yeah, yeah, you're probably not going to enjoy this. So I own the English Patient and Godzilla, you know? I think they can coexist, but uh, they usually don't. Getting I think back that's in- the biggest rant I've gone on since we've, we've started our podcast. Uh, we're getting back to the plot of this film. So wife dies, whatever, he moves on. He's got wife, he's got kid, his dad gets arrested. I think you mentioned that. He goes to Japan. Um, yeah, he gets to Japan, gets his dad out of jail. Oh, that's a funny scene, too, when he gets him out of jail. Because there's, like, some, some like, little emo goth kid that gets, like, some teenager gets thrown out. And immediately the okay. Japanese parents are just like, oh, I don't know they're, what they're, they're saying, but I do know what they're saying. It's a little symbolism there of the role reversal of he's there to get his dad while they're there to get their kid. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, They go back to his apartment. Dad seems like he might be a little crazy and obsessed over what happened to the nuclear facility 15 years ago. But come to find out, his dad is not crazy. He is right. There is something hidden there. Which turns out to be a giant cocoon flashing thing. With awesome lights that makes a really cool sound. And then once they hear what his dad has to say, they're like, oh, turn all the power off. This thing's about to kill us. And then it's too late. It gets out. So yeah, there's an awesome cocoon scene where you get the the winged creature. And then Brian Cranston dies. He does. And a lot of people probably, you know. He has a crane dropped on top of him. What, does or is it, it, a, is it part of a bridge and a crane? Or... Well, no, yeah, well, they're standing on a walkway, and then the crane drops on that, and then it, an, I think another crane... It's just a bunch of metal stuff. Yeah, there's, like, one crane that drops down and, and squishes one dude, and then the monster pops up, and then another crane... Anyway, this is I don't a good, think it falls, this, falls this, down this, on it. A him, good but. point to, to bring up Gareth Edwards' choice, to shoot the monsters from the human point of view ear eye level looking up and it gives it a real sense of like what it would be like they're watching this giant cockroach looking monster climb out of its cocoon the starship troopers with wings and dude puts the uh, gas mask on he's looking up 
Why does he put that gas mask on? Dust. Oh. All the dust is from when he's okay. destroying stuff. There's dust in the air, so he's trying to cover his face. But it, it's cool because he's about to pass out, and that as the thing starts to take flight, you see it kind of flickering, and then it fades out as it's flying up. I'm making flight motions with my arms. You guys can't see, but it's awesome. And then it leads to that great scene where like the army's there. They're taking over. For some reason, the U.S. Army is taking over this place in Japan, but we're not going to worry about that. And Well, it's not even Japan that owns the place. It's Monarch. I guess that's an international organization. Well, the U.S. Army is like, fuck it, we're taking over. And they ask the doctor, like the head guy, the head scientist, who do you need any of your other personnel to come with you? And he points over and he says, them. Because everybody else is fucking dead. And they had the info from when it first happened 15 years ago. But the dude with the info dies, so they're left asking his son, is now learning that his dad is not as crazy as he thought he was. The sound it was making, it was talking to something. It's it's a real exposition-heavy scene with a projector that's showing awesome old footage the entire time, like... I want to have a meeting like that where I can just have a projector that shows exactly what I'm talking about. Right. It's like, it, it does look cool. I know it's a little ridiculous, but it's like, man, that's badass because it's constantly showing you awesome information back there. Right. We get the whole thing that Godzilla is this alpha predator, used to live on the earth when it was full of radiation, but is now moved into the center of the earth to feed on that radi- radiation. And he's heard these mutos talking and. Pretty much he's coming to kick their ass. Yeah, but he's not He's not going to eat them. He's just going to kick their ass. Right, because somehow he's in charge of keeping balance to the monsters. Because they're mudos. They're, they're, they're beta predators. They're not alpha predators. Right. So they don't actually say that in the movie. <laughs> his job is to just kill all other big monsters. People can live here all they want. So his, his dad dies. We get the big exposition dump. Ford leaves, and he goes off into Hawaii. And we were talking about, like, some Spielberg moments earlier. Now, this is where the Sp- I think, like, the Spielberg moments really... And the whole Hawaii yeah, sequence. Yeah, they stack up pretty heavy right there. Yeah, this sequence, the way Gareth Edwards builds this whole thing, with it first starting off with a missing uh, Russian sub, and we have the Special Forces guys, we get that Muto... We get the EMP blast, the planes go down. The tidal wave. We get the helicopters that come in. We get introduced to the little girl that notices yeah. something, the family. The little girl notices the tidal wave. The dog that's uh, tied to a tree. He breaks loose. Yes. So we get all these little setup pieces that when when the tidal wave comes in and when all like uh, when the explosion happens in these woods, our characters can take notice of this. And, and then, of course, the tidal wave is... Godzilla. Now, see, I loved the fact that when Godzilla comes straight up ashore, when he straight up walks up ashore, he's going to create a tidal wave. That makes perfect sense. I love that. Where I was reading this, uh, it was probably on IMDb or something, but they were complaining that the second time he came up, he didn't create a tidal wave. And I was like, well, that's because he didn't... Walk ru- on shore. Yeah, he didn't, like, he wasn't going from swimming to... Jumping up on shore. In San Francisco, he comes to a stop. He stops at the bridge. And gets out of the water and then walks. Right. This sounds like monster physics to me. I don't... What's the problem Makes here? Makes perfect sense. Yeah. He creates It's all wave. in the motion of the monster. I, I thought the tidal wave was awesome. That sequence was cool. 
Uh, I liked it when the family with the little girl, they finally get uh, completely away from it. They go inside a hotel, and you can see the glass doors. Are spread. cracking. Yeah, and it's so cool. It's a nice little detail. And there's also some SWAT guys on top of a building that completely open fire. And Godzilla's just like, he's walking, and it does not even face him at all whatsoever. No, it's sort of like mosquitoes. And then, yeah, we do get that, that airport... I, uh, we were talking about the human perspective uh, earlier. I really loved it when it's inside this big airport terminal. The M- Muto has made his way over there. And it's just like, oh, it's these explosions. Somehow it blows up a plane, and it blows up another plane, and it blows up another plane. And, and then in the foreground, the foot comes down. Oh, my God, dude. And then you can just see it shake the airport, and everybody in the airport is just like, oh, what? I thought they did a great job of revealing... Godzilla. Yeah, and we got our first cutaway, which I guess pisses people off. But people are spoiled. I, I thought that was hilarious, dude. I thought that was funny. The kid just being like, "Dinos, look, mama, dinosaurs!" And then, just to be clear, like right as the monsters are about to fight, it cuts away back to the U.S. and you see a little bit of the fight on the news, but you don't really get to see the fight. It's a it's a tease. It's 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 teasing you for the main event later. Yeah, you get maybe like I don't know three seconds of actual footage, maybe five. Right. But uh, that's all you need, you know. Because trust me, if you'd have seen them fight there by the time the end of the movie, would guys there would have gotten kind of old to watch these guys slam each other into buildings. Yeah, if you only have two monsters, which brings us to the the monster that hatches in the beginning is the male. There is a bigger female. There was another egg that they took that they thought was dormant. But instead of destroying it, they were like, hey, you know what? Let's store it in this nuclear facility. I wish somebody would have told us it ate radiation. Well, they knew that because there was that they were studying the one that was in that power plant in Japan. Well, they But they were a secret group. If they would have uh, shared their knowledge... Well, they're the ones that hit the... Oh, well, I guess they gave it to the Americans. They were just like, hey, Americans, take this. I thought the Americans found it. No, because it was in the Philippines. I thought the Americans found it. They put it there. No, because they they say uh, no. They they even say the Americans took it. They did all the tests, and they're like the Americans took it. They like, took it where? Where you keep all your nuclear waste? I'm sorry for my really offensive uh, Japanese accent. It's in, <laughs> it's in love, trust me. But uh, yeah, you know, you get that cool reveal scene, uh, and then we get uh, everyone just going, "Oh shit!" And you get that cool montage. That ends with the guys going to some Nevada nuclear waste dump site. Yeah, the guys are start. They start going through the hallways, uh, checking all the bays, and they get to that one, and it's like just ripped out the entire side of the mountain. It is insanely ripped out. Like, yeah, it's it's gone. Another Spielberg shot. Yeah, it's just like, guys, did you not? Notice the giant hole in the back of the building? Like, it's just... Fuck a hole. It's just not there, man. It's just gone. It walked away. So, yeah. So, at that point, you have the two Mudos going towards San Francisco. Uh, It's not New York or L.A. this time. We're going to destroy San Francisco. Godzilla is in hot pursuit. With the Navy. Yeah, the Navy's with Godzilla. (laughs) That is kind of a stupid shot. It's over here. I love that shot. It's which you made, which made me laugh. Going back to the guys that were like making fun of the movie on on the internet, that the Navy couldn't even find Godzilla when he was right under him. Dumbass, they were following him. What's this big fin in the water? Where's Godzilla at? 
<laughs> you don't really know if Godzilla's our friend or not, but kind of by that point when he's rolling with the Navy, you're like, yeah. But I see. I like that shot because yeah, even though even though they're they're planning to kill him, that shot still says to the audience they're on a team. This is a team. These guys don't know it yet, but this is a team. And yeah, by no means is Godzilla just the killing monster in this movie. He is a superhero, sort of. Yeah, he's definitely the good guy. Right. By the end of the film, for sure, he's definitely fulfilled his... Yeah, they're not treating him as if... Good like, guy role. He's just this monster that's going to destroy stuff. He he is the protector of the planet. Um, Savior of the city. The king of the monsters. And no, they're not looking for him there. They're following him. Because they're going to kill him. Because, you know, let's face it. The United States... Likes to blow up shit. Yeah, they, and they're kind of dicks, man. You know, when they don't understand things right away. Hey, we've spent a lot of money <laughs> researching how to blow up shit. When we got a chance to blow something up, by God, we're going to blow it up. And we've already we've already nuked Godzilla before. Like, we in the opening credits, like, you find out those nuclear test bombs. That's not... And those kinda, weren't really they're, tests. They're we're trying to kill Godzilla. Because, like, this, the, the guy says, like, oh... The bombs we dropped on him in the 50s are like firecrackers compared to the bomb we're going to use this time. Those are only kilotons. We're working with megatons now. Bye-bye, San Francisco. <laughs> well, yeah, well, he's talking like the fallout's going to be like minimal. But then like he's got some graft on the screen. I'm like, man, that looks like that's most, most of California. Of California. <laughs> Oh, this is some army dude that's just ready to blow some shit up. <laughs> He's like, I'm actually not qualified. I don't even. <laughs> I don't even know what these nukes are rated at. I don't know if it's a big I've one had or this not. bomb forever. I'm just ready to blow it up, man. And yeah, so that that's really their plan. They're gonna take this. They, yeah, they're gonna let the the three monsters get together. What's the what guy say in the movie? Uh, three birds, one stone. And then they're gonna detonate this like fifty megaton nuclear bomb and kill all three of them the monsters feed on radiation so when they're bringing the bomb to blow up the monsters the monsters sniff out the bomb and go steal it oh yeah well we should also uh, mention too that these the mudos release an emp blast yeah. For, I don't, I forget what they say with the, it, they have a sphere of influence that they show in the movie. It's like this little dome around the little model monster. But, uh, so yeah, they, they figure the best way to transport the nuke is by train. You know, makes and sense. They, they retrofit the nuke with a like manual, a, with an old timey, like clicky clock thing. It's like a wind up that only one person can figure out how to wind it. And that <sighs> is Ford. You know, all of these coincidental things are, it's just there. You still get the cool-ass halo shot, the train scene. It is, but it's weird when it's not coincidental. Like, at the end of the movie, he doesn't get to defuse the bomb. No, it goes off. It's weird. It's like, I mean, you you have one goddamn job in the military, and you fucked it up, dude. (laughs) That is the one, like, as much stuff as I forgive in this movie, that is the one thing... I'm like, come on. It's like, just, dude, just have him defuse the bomb so we don't have to see it go off in the background. Well, damn, San Francisco's going to be a goddamn atomic wasteland <laughs> for right. freaking decades. That's the one thing that I'm just like, you could have had the like last minute countdown. I got it. Oh, or wait, may, were they implying that since Godzilla 
Godzilla's there. He'll just suck up yeah, all the radiation. Yeah, he's gonna suck up the radiation. That's true. He would just suck up the radiation. I guess I didn't. I didn't think about that, but. Yeah, he could have just whatever. He should have defused the, the ball. The blast radius is far enough out that it's not going to hurt anybody, and then Godzilla swims out to suck up the radiation. Whatever, dude. That was going on a boat for like it only had like two minutes or something ridiculous. Well, that like, boat picked up a lot of speed. <laughs> this movie is not about logic; it's about awesome set pieces. It is about awesome set pieces. Oh, did you want to talk about the train set piece? Is that what you were going to bring up? Go ahead. You 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 describe the train set piece. Which is yet another very Spielbergy. Well, it's it's it it is. It's kind of almost has a War of the Worlds Spielbergy too. It's just they're on a train. They see some explosions off in the distance. They hear their guys scream. So they got a bridge coming up. So they stop. They're gonna go check and see if make the bridge. Sure the, yeah, make yeah. sure the bridge is there. Yeah, they're gonna make sure it's intact. Uh, two guys walk the bottom. Two guys walk the top. Yeah, let's run across a giant female with. Glowing egg sack. That That's when it steals the missile. The guys at the bottom, I guess they're they just they're fucked. Yeah. But the dudes at the top, they get down, and it's kind of it's really one of the first time I've ever seen like a gigantically huge monster actually interact with people in a film before. And it's a very like that. It felt like the raptor, the raptor kitchen scene in Jurassic Park. But this is with a monster that's like. 120 yeah, that times these scenes look really cool they're staged well they're directed well they're lit yeah the cinematography well. is like that's another thing they did like in that uh in the honolulu sequence when the power starts coming back on the track and the lights start coming all around the track and then yeah. the monster's there the entire time but as you the don't lights see it come until in, it comes it lights up yeah and they do little gags like that. There's moments where you can see the monster. And Gareth Edwards uses a lot of smoke and debris to hide them. Even though these monsters are like huge and ridiculously tall. He uses his environment well. The monster eats the train. Well, destroys the train, eats the nuke. Dumps the guys off into the river, which would have killed them. But again, we're not here for logic. We're here for fun, people. What, you know, what would be fun about your main character being... St- Killed by falling into water. It would have been kind of like, what? He, he died because he fell into a river? Like, if you follow the logic, he would have died. But it would have been kind of a letdown because we know in movies it doesn't matter how far you fall. If you land in water, you're okay. Yeah, movies are all about the one in a billion, dude. Right. Wally Coyote said, did it best. You fall into a cup of water, you're fine. You hit the ground, you're dead. <laughs> Who who knew Looney Tunes was going to set the uh, rules for motion pictures from henceforth? I feel like Joe Dante knew that. Like he was, he's always big into Looney Tunes, and he always loved it when Bugs Bunny would go. This means war. You knew somebody was fixing to get their ass kicked. Obviously, uh, Bugs Bunny's tr- transgender, so what? They were way ahead of the. Tra- Bugs Bunny always used to dress up as a girl. But what about Babs Bunny, his girlfriend? Well, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't say Bugs Bunny was not bisexual. I'm just saying Bugs Bunny, at, at least the bare minimum, Bugs Bunny liked to dress up in women's clothes. All right, okay. Either that, or he was a master of disguise. So it was like, it's, you know, they're making Space Jam too. Are they really? Yeah. Who are they making it with? LeBron James, probably. Uh, I saw it on a list of uh. 12 sequels that you didn't know were coming and you won't believe are being made. 
Top Gun 2, Ghostbusters wow. 3, but I knew about that one. Yeah, oh, that's... And, and uh, that's I'm going to stop right now because I don't really bitch about movies a lot on this podcast because I make movies and I don't feel like it's my place to complain about other people's decisions. Yes. But um, I will complain about the decision of an all-girl Ghostbusters cast. It's not that they're it's all girls. It's that... They're trying to go after. They've a got demographic. the guys. They got the guys. Guys grew up playing Ghostbusters, watching the Ghostbuster cartoons. So let's get the women. We'll do the bridesmaids Ghostbusters. That's not telling a cool story. That's just trying to grab a demographic with a movie, and that irritates me. Let's see, I would mind like I like the idea though of uh, Kristen Wiig. Like I, I wouldn't mind seeing her and like Bill Murray. But we're not getting Bill Murray. But no, you're gonna get Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, that's disappointing. That's who you're gonna get. That's you're, really disappointing. You're you're gonna get basically bridesmaids with a shitty Ghostbusters story. And the first Ghostbusters is so rich. It would have been different if like Harold Ramis had announced we have this really cool idea of a Ghostbusters movie and it's this and this and it's this girl troop of Ghostbusters. That would have been, you know, if, if it was a story-generated idea that, that they were doing, I'd be all behind it. But it's not. Like, they killed all the story ideas that everybody pitched for all the Ghostbusters sequels and went with, hey, let's do one with an all-girl cast. That way we can sell stuff to girls. I don't know. It was probably just the one that got put together, man. I thought Judd Apatow had a good idea for it. I was, yeah, but he was going to do it with, like... Jonah Hill and Seth Rogen, right? Uh, I don't know if it was Jonah Hill. I know Seth Rogen was involved, basically mm. playing off of Bill Murray's line in the first Ghostbusters, the franchise rights alone. The Ghostbusters had finally franchised the rights to make Ghostbuster stores or whatever. And these are the new guys, which I thought would have been interesting. I don't know. We'll see how it turns out. I I usually don't like to... To judge movies too much before they're out. I don't either. It's very un- uncharacteristic to me to be this mad about a decision about a movie. But Well, I know how I it is. I was just mad that the simple fact that the, the original cast is not returning. You Dan know? Aykroyd will be in it. You know he'll be in it. Well, okay. One Outside of one member of the original cast is, you I know. Bet, I bet, uh, what's his name? Um, Winston? What's his name? Ernie Hudson? I you bet he'll Ernie, be in it. He deserves the damn payday for that. Shit. Put Ernie Hudson Bill in Murray it. says he's not going to be in it. Poor Harold Ramis, rest, is, rest in peace, is gone. Yeah. And I was really excited because the last interview I saw with Harold Ramis, he was he was really excited. He had hired the the writers from The Office to write a, an idea that he had for a Ghostbusters script. And he was really excited. He said they were making good progress and he was about to you know, take it and he thought it was going to get get a go. And then he died. And then yeah. not long after he died, they announced, we're going to do an all-girl cast. That sucks he passed away. Yeah, it did. He was a good... He contributed a lot to my uh, film life. We, yeah, we did get way off topic. Where the fuck were we even talking about? We talked about the train sequence. We're all the way up to... You're going to carry us through the end of the movie. After I talk about my favorite sequence in this movie, Golden Gate Bridge. The Golden Gate Bridge is your favorite scene? In the yes, movie? it is my favorite sequence in this movie. Okay, alright, we'll lay it down, brother. I just, I just love, I love how Godzilla is just arriving to the city. And it starts very stark. It shows the birds 
getting the fuck out of Dodge. That's like a really good jump scare, too. Because yeah. you hear the Godzilla roar, and then all the kids start looking out of the yeah, bus. Yeah, I love, I love that feeling it creates of, like, you know, this, like, real world, something's going on, and everybody's looking around, they don't know what's going on, and a bird hits the window, the bus driver starts to panic, and then Godzilla comes up to the bridge and then stops, and they shoot at him, and it's just his tail, and he goes under the bridge and comes up on the other side, and all hell breaks loose. I just, I just thought it was a masterful scene. It's all shot from, like, car level, so Godzilla looks huge. A lot of it's shot from just inside the bus. Yeah. Or uh, from the boat. The beginning of it's shot from the boat with the tail and everything. That, ta- that tail scene is fucking awesome, dude. When you realize that that's just the tail. And you can see the water when he stops. The water pushes forward and then comes back. Yeah, even when he, like, gets out, like, the water displacement is so much... That Godzilla 98 video I sent you, and Godzilla does that running dive into the bay, and it's this, like, perfect dive. He's this huge monster that just places no water. It's just like a little... (laughs) like a perfect Olympic dive. Well, you know, he was dainty. He was watching his weights. Uh, Just had a couple chicken eggs for breakfast that morning, which is like, you know... He swims over and he he bites the the submarine. Yeah, no, uh, Godzilla... 2014, which is not terrible. According to us. It's good enough. It's good enough. That Golden Gate, that Golden Gate Bridge scene uh, is really cool. It also has like the greatest bus driver in the history of bus drivers <laughs> ever. Like The dude's just like, come on, kids, we're going! He just puts it in the drive, and the motherfucker just steps on the gas and goes. And I was just like, yes, dude! The- and in the background, Godzilla, like, that's what I like about it, is like the actions on the bus... But in the background, Godzilla's fighting the army. Well, not really fighting the army. The army's fighting Godzilla, and Godzilla's like... Getting slightly annoyed. Yeah. He's getting a little pissed off, and he ends up breaking through the bridge. Right. But what's cool about even when he's breaking through the bridge, that's when it cuts to like a boat, and it's, some guy, it's the army dudes on the boat, and they're getting ready to arm the nuke. And, oh, man, I love that shot, too, when they're... they're I don't like it when the guys are like yelling in each other's face, like, can we turn the key? Three, two, one. Make sure the audience knows we're army. It's <laughs> pretty much it's it's a little over the top. It's fun, whatever. But I like the the Melmuto just comes down with his the wings. He just dives. Oh yeah. He just dives in, throws the boat like way underwater, and you just it's just silent for a minute. And you're just like, what the fuck? And then he just busts out, fucks the boat all up, takes the nuke. One of the best, most interesting, quiet moments in the entire film. Or is when the two Mutos actually finally meet in, in San Francisco. And they share that little sweet little little nuzzle, man. And it's just like, hey, baby, what's going on? And she's like, he gives her the gift of the bomb. They use a lot of dust to like dis- to hide the monsters in the city. And, oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it works really well because, like, you know, our army men, there's the awesome Halo scene from the trailer. Oh, dude, that's so cool. Yeah, and you come through that cloud of dust, and you just see the monsters down there fighting. This whole end sequence has got so many great moments. It's got some weird moments, too. Godzilla gets his ass kicked a little bit, and then he, he kills the flying male Muto with his tail. Right. Then he gets a building, kind of collapses on him, and then he has like a little eye-to-eye moment with, uh, with Ford for a second. He's like, hey, buddy, we're just both blue-collar, beer-loving... Or yeah, see, I, I don't really think it's a moment. I think 
Ah, uh, you know, it's kind of a moment. I mean, Godzilla's just laying there hurt, and Ford's looking at him. No, they're, they're, they're sharing, they're sharing a, a creature respect moment there. There's a little, you know, you don't, you don't think Godzilla's giving him like a little like, hey, buddy, tell me about it. This day does suck. It's I, tough work. I, I just sort of thought the shot was in there to show that Godzilla's not out to kill people because he could have easily like went, ooh, person, eat. It was, it was a moment. They shared a look. I don't know if this movie really understands how EMPs work. Who cares? Well, it, that the only thing it kind of does, like, there's some things at the very, very end, like right after the monster, after Godzilla, like, vomits fire down this female Muto's throat. As soon as the monster died, the lights in the cities come back on. <laughs> they all come back on. I'm just like, it's just, I don't know, it's just kind of weird. It's just well, like, you know, the power company's been hard at work. This whole time, like, they have not evacuated. They are their emergency crew getting the power back on. They built a new power plant? Because I think you would have to do that if EMP went off. I'm not 100% sure. I'm going to do some inter- internet uh, you, you would have to. Research you would tonight. have to ask the power company specialists. Whatever. Okay, so there's just really cool fight sequences. I don't know. The EMP and Superman Returns like, knocked the power out for, like, what, three minutes? And then it came back on? What, uh, was it, what EMP and Superman Returns? When uh, Lex Luthor uh, drops the thing and it knocks out the power in the Oh, did it actually create an EMP? Yeah, it created an EMP and it knocked out the power in the jet in the city. And then the power came back on, but the jet power wouldn't... It wouldn't unlock the shuttle from the jet. Something had malfunctioned while the power went out. So I guess EMPs, you can just... Power just comes on. I guess once the... They don't sound so bad. Why are we so worried about them? I guess once the, uh, the EMP is over... The power can come back on. I don't know. I don't, I'm not a fucking. I, I'm pretty sure it doesn't work that way. I think once the, look it up. Once it's fried, I think it's fried forever. I think you have to get, start new, new. But I mean, I could be wrong. But yeah, I think that's how it works. I did want to talk real quick. I do like the very last shot at the end where Godzilla finally gets his ass up because he falls down. He has a tough time. You know. Maybe you know we have not mentioned the. Maybe we we hinted at it earlier, but the way Godzilla ends the fight. It starts with Ford getting his pistol out of his back pocket and pointing it at the monster to let him know that he means business. But, dude, I, I love that. Because this monster is, like, really pissed. Because in the movie, like, the monster actually knows, like, that's the dude that killed all, all my babies. Yeah, like, Ford does. Like, he he destroys. We kind of skipped over this. He destroys all the Muto babies. We want to leave something for the people that haven't seen it. Uh, yeah, okay, true. And, like, you know, like, she's seeing this motherfucker again, and now he's taking the nuke, and she's just like, oh, you you son you're of a, a bitch. You're a pain in my ass. Yeah, you're like a really, you're like, you're like my least favorite aunt I've ever met right. in my life. And she's getting ready to, like, just, I don't even know what, just fuck his world up. And all of a sudden, she just makes a really weird face. Like, ow, that hurts. And it's like, and then her face kind of, like, it just kind of bends. And then it starts getting sucked back. And Godzilla is just like, bit the shit out of her. And then he just grabs her and just pries open her mouth. King Kong, Tyrannosaurus Rex, pry open the mouth. But something King Kong can never do. Yeah. Just vomits blue liquid all down her throat. Blue fire down the throat until her head almost detaches it does detach detach. and then he just just burns her throat completely my favorite part of that whole thing is like yeah detaches the body falls he roars and he's just like yeah fuck that head (laughs) he just tosses the head off into the water yeah 
<laughs> I love the way he throws it off. He's just like, yeah, ain't no thing. He falls So, yeah, down. okay, so people complain that there's not just tons of Godzilla in the movie. It's enough, and the scenes that you get are, like, cheer-worthy. Oh, dude, just the first time you see the fu- the fire. Now, we're not just talking, like, we haven't just seen this movie in the theater, and we're just remembering how we felt. We just watched this movie an hour, two hours ago now. Yeah. It's still just as fun. When you see Godzilla, it's interesting stuff. Yeah, if you try, if you started trying to put too much in the movie, even if it's all interesting stuff, by the time you get to the end, it's it's kind of like it's hard to top, you know. It's about showmanship, right? It's a show. Yeah. It's a show. It it gets bigger. It gets bigger. It gets bigger. And at the end, you get to see what you wanted to see. Yeah, I cannot tell you. How impressed I was with Gareth Edwards, man. I thought he just knocked it out of the park, and I can't wait to see a Star Wars spinoff, dude. I'm I'm actually looking more more forward to that than I am. Really? Yeah, Episode Seven. Yeah, I'm like I think I think this guy has got a real good head on his shoulders. I'm a I'll follow his career. Yeah, of course I am because he's doing freaking Star Wars, and then after that he's doing Godzilla too. So yeah. I'm you don't watch really ne- have a choice, do you? Yeah, I'm going to watch his, his next two movies for sure. Absolutely. Who's, most people probably will. We both really like the movie, obviously. Is there anything you wanted to close out with? Anything we didn't uh, we didn't get to mention or anything? No, I think we've mentioned um, several times. I, th- I thought it was a fun movie. I don't understand the hate for it. I can I can totally understand somebody seeing the movie, it not being their cup of tea, and them saying, you know, it's just not it's not my kind of movie. But I don't understand the hate you you see online where people are like, this is a piece of garbage. I don't get that at all. It's it may not be your kind of movie, but if you like big monster movies, this should be right up your alley. Yeah, I don't get it either. I mean, cause it opened so good at the box office opening weekend, and then like even kind of its word of mouth kind of killed it. It only made like. 200 million and that was it. it kind of stalled out yeah i just don't get that like to me this just gave me everything i wanted in a big monster godzilla movie yeah i thought it was a lot of fun and i stand by if you'd have put another 10 minutes of godzilla in it by the end of it you would have felt like there was too much godzilla well yeah then de- yeah people definitely would have complained and it probably also would have put the movie's budget up an extra 30 million Probably. Yeah, and it's the, it's the first movie here, you know? It's like, it's this introduction film. I, I think like people keeping forget, it in mystery. I, I, I think people do forget, like, how expensive it is to put Godzilla on the screen for a minute. Well, uh, I think this movie had a production budget of $160 million, And for right. a reboot, relaunch, that's quite a bit. So, to put him on screen for another thir- 10 minutes, you're probably looking at another... 30 40 million dollars. Ooh, yeah, buddy. So that kind of pushes that production budget up close to about 200 million. Uh, yeah. And then you're looking at having to make Brian numbers worldwide bu- box office to make that back. What, 200 million, you need at least 600. Yeah, you got you got to hit around 6 to break even. 600 million worldwide. To kind of break even. Yeah, and this movie made like 522 or something like that. Because it's not just make your, it's, it's not an even trade. You don't get to go, oh, we spent $150 million on on this movie and we made 200 at the box office, so we got our money back. No. 
you got 150 million you spent on the movie, and then you probably spent another 100 million on print and advertising, and then you split money with the theater, and then that gradually goes into the theater's favor the longer the movie's out. So, well, it, 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 I think that depends on the theater deal. Yeah, but theater chain and district. It's distributor. not. It's not just straight up. They get all the money. No, you never get all the money. Studios never get all the money. So somebody's always taking a cut. You know, for people that are out there going, "Oh, well, I can steal this movie. It made a hundred million dollars." Yeah, it didn't really make a hundred million dollars. Yeah, no, like yeah, if a movie if a movie made a hundred million in the theater, the studio was be lucky if they saw fifty five million of that. Yeah, hundred million. That would be a good. That'd be a good thing. And if they spent one hundred and fifty million making the movie, that fifty-five million, and you know. it's those kind of scenarios where you don't get movies like that again because that movie did not make money. But this one, hence the reason we're so bombarded with comic book movies right now. Well, unless they're the Avengers, those are pretty cheap to make, all in all, because they're only like you know one seventy or you know something like that. It's pretty cheap for a blockbuster. That's sad. I just said that. That's pretty cheap for a blockbuster. Wow. It was one of Spielberg's big blockbusters, and they had budgeted it. And Nolan did it. I heard on uh, Interstellar. Came in like $40 million under budget. Yeah, I, I still can't believe Jurassic Park's, like, the budget for that movie's only in the 60 millions. Well, inflation. <laughs> but, I, dude. Still, yeah. Still. Like, Terminator 2 had a bigger budget than that. Well, Spielberg's notorious for getting it done cheaply. Like, yeah, like how many movies cost like sixty million to make and make? It over may have been War million. of the Worlds that like he came in like way early and way under budget, and that's that, that goes to smart planning. He knows where to put his camera and how to maximize his setups. You know, there's a reason you learn about this motherfucker in film school. You can usually just say Spielberg, and people know who you're talking about. Right. <laughs> Regular people on the street. That's amazing that they know a director's name. Yeah, he's the guy that wrote that movie Jack Nicholson was in, right? About him killing his kids. Uh, all right, okay. So I guess I did. I literally had that conversation not too long ago. Um, Are you serious? Yeah, I had mentioned that uh, you told me the new Steven Spielberg trailer was out, and I was at work, and I said, uh, "Oh, I want to show you the new Steven Spielberg trailer's out." This other guy goes, "Oh man, I love all of his stuff, like Cujo and." Um, Oh my gosh, man! Come on. Well, I guess. Well, and how do you get Stephen King stuff? actually have a has a story I heard him tell where he was. I think he was on tour for Dead Zone or Cujo or something. It was along the time where he had just gotten kind of really popular, and uh, he was in a bar or something, and a guy came up to him and goes, "I know who you are. You're Steven Spielberg, aren't you?" And instead of correcting him, he just went, "Yeah, that's who I am." And he like talked. He made the guy think he was Steven Spielberg. All right, so that's going to wrap it up for us here tonight. If you want to get in touch with us, our email address is themoviecrew at gmail.com. That's themoviecrew. Crew is spelled C-R-E-W-E at gmail.com. If you're listening to us on iTunes, please give us a rating. That helps people find out about the show. And tonight, since we always play a soundtrack for your enjoyment, we'll be closing out the show with some of the very excellent score. From Mr. Andre Desplat, from the film we've been talking about tonight, this is track one, titled Godzilla, with an exclamation point at the end. Enjoy. <laughs>